if we start with co-design, co-design simply put is ensuring that people who are going to be using a service um, have, a, have a say in how that service might look in a healthcare context. So really, it's just about getting everybody together, whether that's the clinical team, um, healthcare management, uh, people involved um, or, or going to access care, getting them all together right from the beginning all the way through to the end, um, and having those courageous conversations about what problem that we're really here to solve. Um, it's really that simple. That's what that's what co-design is. Yes, it's simple, but um, often it doesn't happen in a healthcare context. Although I agree with you on uh, co-design, basically, simply put, is designing something with people who are affected by what the service is designed for or they're going to use it. But again, like um, there are various aspects of how or various level at how people can be involved in the process. So it could be just a tokenistic approach where they're like, oh, you are here. Or it could be a tick, like tick box exercise, or it could be a more meaningful and engaged approach that is the idea behind a co-design. But oftentimes, uh, there is that distinction uh, need to be made. Uh, we need to be clear about that how we are doing co-design or whatever we are designing or co-creating with other people, especially patients. We give them equal opportunity to participate in the process and not just as a tick box exercise, which I think is the crux of all core approaches, I suppose. And could you both give me an example of when you've co-created care with, with um, consumers or service users? We have many examples at um, Te Tahu Haora of projects um, which have involved uh, patients, consumers, family and whānau. In the New Zealand context, of course, whānau being, being family. Um, and even, even the talk um, at this forum about this code of expectations, this code of expectations, while it was a directive of government that it needed to be created, it was the approach that we took in creating that, that really um, is what matters. And so it's not just about what, what the clinical communities thought, it's also about what the patient communities thought and how what the context of this code should be and how we should put it together. So that's an, one example, a more recent example of of co-design, but there are many, many examples, um, I think, um, in Australasia of where um, services have been co-created. I have been very lucky to be involved in a project called Can Engage Project, and my PhD was embedded within that project as well, uh, and was lucky to involve in a way because one of the components of the project was to uh, develop co-design interventions that would enhance safety for people from culturally linguistically diverse backgrounds uh, or ethnic minority backgrounds, I think that's the term used in the UK more commonly, to improve delivery of safer care. As part of this project, we did some groundwork at the start to understand uh, what were the safety events or the context of safety events that uh, impact people who are from ethnic minority backgrounds uh, and to gain that understanding and then took that understanding to then co-design with people what was the solution, what was the problem that mattered to them at that particular service. So we had six different kinds of services as part of the project, and we are doing co-design independently at each of the service with consumers who attend those services, as well as clinicians who deliver uh, services uh, care at, all, at those services. So we are just going very locally at the service level uh, with consumers from one ethnic minority background to understand what is the problem uh, from this plethora of problems, what is the main problem for them, what they would like to uh, achieve, uh, in what form 
what form it will take, and then how it needs to be implemented in the process of care so that it's not lost uh, at the stage where it is designed, but then not implemented and evaluated the effectiveness for. So the presentation that I'm talking about uh, at the quality forum is based at delivering during the co-design at one of the center. And as part of the co-design, we developed this instrument called Making It Meaningful. So groundwork to that was uh, our research identified that there were lots of medication errors, uh, medication related issues for people who are from ethnic minority backgrounds, uh, particularly uh, accessing the cancer services. And when we interviewed patients and uh, consumers and staff, we identified that often there was a lack of shared understanding around what are the instructions around medication management or what are the instructions around care processes. Uh, and because of this lack of shared understandings, which was impacted by a range of factors, uh, that lack of shared understanding often resulted in uh, issues or patient safety events. So the consumers and staff focused on addressing one issue, which was they didn't know how to identify uh, side effects of cancer medications. So what are the common side effects? And when to seek help if something happens and who to contact if something happens. So these were the two questions, when to seek help and who to contact that identified to the co-design process. And then making it meaningful is a adapted medication discharge summary uh, that addresses these two questions. So it has a list of common medication side effects in, in English as well as uh, other language. Uh, and it gives you a, a very brief, clear information about who to contact if you experience these side effects, or if you experience these side effects, then to contact emergency. So two questions, uh, very uh, adapted medication discharge summary came out of this co-design, which we are trialing now at the at the cancer service to see how it is to see if it's feasible and then hopefully do gather some pilot data so you've given really good examples of of where and how you have um co-created care um why is it important that we are involving patients more in the services we develop? What, why should we care about it? And why is it important that we do that moving forward? If we're really not involving people who access services, then the question I would ask is, what are we doing it for? Because we know that um, consumer engagement and health quality and safety improvements go hand in hand. There's plenty of evidence that um, engaging consumers leads to better health and care outcomes. It leads to enhanced service delivery and governance. It can lead to culture change within the health sector, mutual learning and lower cost of care delivery. And I think what we're really interested in is we have a system that is really built on learned experience. It's built on technical expertise that's valued, um, highly skilled and, and very important for the effective running of the health sector. But the lived experience also has a place. So it's really about finding that equilibrium between the lived experience and the learned experience. So if we, you know, really, if we don't involve people, then again, what are we doing it for? I think the question is, why are people not being involved in decisions um, about their care? Why are they not being involved in, in creating a system that ultimately they may have to access at some point in their lives? My area of work is... Uh working with people who are from ethnic minority backgrounds. So they are priority population groups who have poor health outcomes, uh, 
from ranging from access to care to quality and safety outcomes. And one thing I'm very mindful of uh, when we are working in the space of ethnic minority background is that there is considerable uh, diversity within the group. So the approach that one size fits all approach doesn't apply to this very diverse group of people. And to understand this diversity, it is important to involve uh, people to understand how different things impacts uh, differently to different outcomes. Uh, I uh, often think about my personal example, like uh, my mom and I are completely different in our point of view, how we engage in healthcare or how we uh, respond to respond to when we have a conversation with doctors. So I will ask plenty of questions, but my mom probably won't ask any questions. So uh, even so, even like it's not just diversity within or in between the groups, but in uh, within the groups as well, depending. Uh, so understanding the diversity and I think involving consumers in their care really uh, bring that what really matters to this particular group of people uh, and how we can address their issues that matters to them to achieve the outcomes that improve their uh, overall health and reduce disparity. And Dion, you touched on this briefly, but could you think specifically now about how does involving consumers in their care, how does that lead to better quality care? We know that if you know you involve um, people in the quality improvement activities, you involve consumers in quality improvement activities, that you're going to um, have unique insights that can really drive and improve the system. It's going to offer sort of a different perspective to the staff as well um, that, that are treating um, treating consumers. Um, I think what you already heard as well, that, you know, creating a service that's more aligned to the needs of the person. So often um, simple questions or simple lines of questioning um, to consumers can lead to care that's not required as well as care that is required. Um, I think it helps inform choice, it helps improve health. Um, it also engages people with what services are available. Um, and as you've also heard as well, it responds very much to local need. So, you know, there's so many positive reasons why we should involve um, involve consumers, involve people in decisions um, of this nature about the health system. Again, I say, um, you know, why, why would it not happen? And of course, it is happening in a lot of places. Um, and you mentioned earlier about um, there being sort of a bit of a resurgence in it. I think it's been around for a long time. I think that, you know, its origins really are in, um, you know, mental health and addictions, rights movements, disability rights movements and other movements. So on one level, it's nothing new. But on another level, what we're seeing is, um, you know, in, in, in some jurisdictions where we compare ourselves, this real kind of coming together of the importance of doing this now, the importance of being able to measure it and show its impact, because sometimes attribution is not that easy in this area. But intuitively, almost, it, it seems to make sense that if you want to know what people think, you need to ask them. That simple, really. What would your top tips be for someone that wants to go about co-creating care? Lead in time, resource appropriately, make sure that there's not just the one sole consumer voice in the room in fact that there is there is support around that because we we might be talking about re redesigning a service but we also might be re-traumatizing someone who's access a service and maybe not had as, as as good an experience as what they should have had so I think there's a lot of preparation that goes into um you know doing this properly and doing this effectively yeah there, there are many ways I think that um 
it, it can be done well, um, but probably the way that it's done poorly, which is the biggest learning is, is you know, is to make sure that that support is there. Um, I think you've got to really engage people all the way through. You do that for any good project. You'd make sure that people are in, well informed all the way through. Also have the courage to say when something won't fly and something won't work. I think the fear people have of involving consumers, involving patients, is they're going to want a gold-plated health service that's impossible to achieve. But quite often what is what the converse happens and it's practical tips and ideas on how we can make improvements that don't necessarily cost more could potentially um, release time to care for people as well. And so, um, you know, be able to have those courageous conversations involve people early, involve them often, um, create a safe environment for people, you know, and just generally be open. That would be my advice. What I learned from uh, from my co-design project was uh, keeping my values aligned with the principles of co-design. Uh, easy said, but it's uh, you have to constantly reflect on it. What are your values? How are you doing that? And how they are aligned with the values of the co-design. Uh, so reflecting uh, onto that, during the process is a good tips to make sure that you are engaging consumers in a way that they are there is an equal power distribution in how decisions are made there is an equal contribution uh to the level that they want to be involved in, in the research process uh so th those things are important openness as Gian said uh, in my context it was uh giving equal chance to everybody for example when we went into this co-design process we create we have we created this uh, uh, a network of consumer co-facilitators so we train them uh, in how to do co-design research provide them training relevant to the project and asked one of them to become a co-facilitator along with the research to conduct the research so that the researchers can uh, learn from them during the process and the process doesn't become research heavy, researcher heavy then. So there is an input uh, from a consumer in that research process as well. I think what the resources, uh, resources, identifying the resources and uh, delivering on them. So uh, do they need taxi vouchers? Do they need travel arrangements to be made? Because when we're talking about engagement, we need to uh, talking about, we do this as part of our job, but often consumers are doing this on top of their job on top of their commitments to other things, uh, taking care of the person who is sick at home or uh, they might have a baby. So we need to consider those things and like address those things if you want an equal level of participation from them. Now, both of you are presenting at the Quality 2023 conference, which is coming up in Melbourne in October. Um, you're both presenting in the patient safety and co-creating care with service users stream. Um, so Dion, you're going to be presenting on a national code of expectations for consumer engagement. And Ash, you're presenting on co-designing a medication and safety intervention with service users. Um, so I want you to imagine that you've just caught someone in an elevator. You're going up to your talk. You've got about 20 seconds to describe to them why it's absolutely crucial that they come along and listen to your presentation at the Quality Conference. So Dion, up to you. I mean, the crux of it is, how can a code really improve how the health sector engages with the people it serves? And what I really want to demonstrate um, is how, how something like this was developed, how we managed to get all of these concepts that we've been discussing here and beyond onto two pages and what the implications are for driving that forward. And hopefully help some other, um, other places think about how they can do that because we have a health sector where information needs to be delivered 
um, concisely and clearly um, in order there, in order for there to be any sort of change. So for every every concept that is on that two page, there um, there's a lot of implementation that sits behind that. So I'd encourage people to come along and hear about that and some practical tips about how they might apply it locally. Brilliant. And Ash, why should people come to your presentation? When we knew that medication safety or medication safety event is an issue, but I didn't know that it's just not having this real understanding of what are the side effects of the medication, how they look like, and who to contact could potentially lead to unwanted emergency presentations. So if you want to learn about how to avoid that or how to mitigate that, come and uh, listen to my talk that we have developed a co-design intervention with patients and clinicians from One Cancer Service to address this particular issue. Thank you both so much. It's been really interesting chatting with you both about all things co-creation. Mm -hmm.